Hi, this is Vanessa Sunshine. Hi, this is Alicia. Hi, I'm Georgia Love. I'm Osha Ginsberg. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, you are on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. What do you do with an arts degree? I'm still not sure I know. I skipped three years worth of lectures just to binge watch awful shows. There must be some scholarship for accruing worthless knowledge. It's my only talent, honey. That and losing money. Let your excess hex debts rest and then just join us while we start on our bachelor. Bachelor. Welcome back to the Bachelor of Hearts podcast, the Bachelor Bachelorette Australia podcast that asks the question, Xavier, does Tim win? Oh my God. I mean, no. (laughs) It's been a revealing week of television. I don't know that there are necessarily any great men left in the house, but somehow- I I mean- there may be no great men left in the world. <laughs> Look around. Where are they hiding? Very, very hard to say. I want to say, though, like, I just, I don't know where our winner is coming from this season. Mm. And to me, it looks like it might be Tim. Is it too late? And it, this is a bit out there, but is it too late for another intruder? Because uh, that would be, <laughs> that would really help, I think. The problem is that we've already flown in the man that Angie thought that she liked. Right. And this week, Ryan, look. His life's been turned upside down. Carlin's life's been turned upside down. There's a lot of stuff going on that sure. we have to get into this week on the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Xavier, I wanted to start, though, by how do you, how do you get into a rumor mill? Do you dive into it? <laughs> oh, you mean like in a quiet place where you dive into that rumor mill full of like husks of corn and you die in there because you can't make any sound that's precisely yeah what i was going for i'm pretty sure that's it so we're diving into the rumor mill just off the top before we get into everything that's going on in these episodes hello my name is max quinn oh true and we're talking about great men who do exist and well (laughs) i'm not gonna be the one to say it but you know you're listening you clicked play so uh hi my name is xavier betsky noonan thanks again this is what we do the podcast called bachelor of Hearts, and each week we recap the episodes, give you our thoughts on the story, how it plays out, and how what it says about society at large. Right, and yeah. the title, if you didn't get it, we're very smart. Oh yeah, that's right. Boys <laughs> with arts degrees and no better way to put them to use. Uh-huh. Let's get into this rumor mill, though. It's time to talk about Bachelor in Paradise 2020. The cast has been quote-unquote leaked. This is the big story of the week. I guess spoilers? I don't know. I mean, like, and, and also we don't know. Yeah. So this is the rumored cast for the Bachelor of Hearts 20... No, shit. <laughs> Wait, What's no, no, no. We called? should. We should. This oh. is a good idea. We should leak the cast <laughs> for Bachelor of Hearts 2020 because I, a little birdie told me that Xavier Robetsky noonan will be appearing. Damn. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these it are the... remains to be seen where the Max will be returning. <laughs> if I interrupt you one more time, I feel like you'll just be like, that's <laughs> it. That's it. I'm done. All right, 2020, if you want to fast forward by like 90 seconds, I reckon that'll give us enough time to cover it off. Uh These are the big names. Kieran's back. Hey! Abby's back. Yeah! Kira's back. Okay! Fine! 
Also, Julia from last season. Sure. Yep. Um, Jessica from last season. I don't know who that is. May have gone by Jess. Mm, not sure. Uh, Naranga's back. There we go. Very exciting. Hello. And in disappointing news, so is Jamie. Mm-hmm. And, and who is the responsible one for that decision? <laughs> so we're also going to see Brittany Weldon come back. You might recall uh, her appearance in Paradise last year. Round it was two. very fun. She was cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, at the moment, I think there's only three men that we know, but uh, also coming back, Sagand. Okay. Yeah. Um, Kiki from a couple of seasons ago. Sure, remember Kiki. And Eleanor. Hey, okay. Yeah. I believe pretty much all of those. That, to me, sounds like a pretty well-rounded Paradise cast. Sure. Uh, save a bunch of men who we are yet to get to know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, save Jamie, who is not a very well-rounded person, <laughs> as far as we can tell. I'm hoping it is not a long run for him. I have a feeling he may not be particularly <laughs> warmly welcome. I do wonder if they will be flying over any of the American suitors from the last few years. I mean, I almost guarantee it, right? Like, yeah, where's Candan? <laughs> Wait, which one? Oh, Canadian Daniel? Yes! Back again? Bring him back for a third time. Look, honestly, he's probably not fucking doing anything <laughs> else. Is he really going to be the staple leaf of yeah, this show? the staple leaf. <laughs> too good, too good. Okay, that is uh, the hot goss that we found on the Maley Dale. And is it true? Who is knows? It false? <laughs> We're reporting it anyway. This yes. is how the modern media landscape works. This is how you become a trusted source. That's is it. You just report a bunch of news, true or not, and then look back and go, we had the breaking story. There it is. You know, you've just got to cover it off. It cover every single base and that way you can always be right. Dave. Right. Exactly. Mm. Speaking of always right, we got something right this week. Did we? Yep, we both got right the episode that we were going to recap. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there was certainly no consternation for me at about 11 o'clock this morning when it was revealed that we had both recapped the same episode. Certainly. And so you might find that one of these episodes we will, despite having less happen in it, we will be covering in somewhat more depth than the other. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, you know, dear listener, we have uh, a lot of fun to have with one of, I think, uh, so... The show that asked the question, Uh huh. is this the first time <laughs> that we have seen a man be kicked off the show simply because his dad sucks? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a bit of a conspiracy theory about that situation. Great. And I will get into it when we talk about that particular hometown. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, it was very interesting <laughs> to see the culmination of all of that, uh, isn't it? Very, very interesting. I'm wondering if we should just get into it, beginning with... The Bachelorette Australia Season 5, Episode 9. And so shall we both begin our recaps at the same time, or shall I just kind of go first? Why don't you go first? I'll follow along with the things that I've written and make any of the funny jokes as they come up. All right, excellent. That'll be good because I'm not very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Tim, this episode begins in a truly incredible way. I love this. Tim is casually strolling around the hallways with a book in his hands. And then in voiceover, he says, I'm doing a bit of light reading. And I walk into the living room and there's a clothes rack with all these vintage grouse kits on him. 
It's such a weird flex from oh, Tim. It's so good. Who is like, I don't know, it's as if somebody has pointed out that he needs to make sure that people know he is able to read. He's like, oh yeah, I do it all the time. Walking from room to room. Just I was very... experiencing a bit of culture. Yeah, just super normal behaviour. <laughs> I wish they had a zoom in on what he was reading. So good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the other boys check out the quote, old people clothes on the hangar before spotting the group card date, which asks them all to dress up and head off to have a ball together. Ryan says, I've got a bit of experience about being old, so let's go, boys. <laughs> Which is also a super weird flex. Yeah, it's really, really strange. Um, I, like, it comes in the midst of all of this jealous zeal from Tim about Ryan, which is interesting. It's a big setup for what happens later in the episode sure. where, like, Tim's like, oh, I'm just sus on this Ryan bloke, eh? And Ryan over the other side is like, oh, I'm real good at being old. <laughs> yeah. It makes no sense. And then there's this great, uh, do you have this shot of Tim dressed in the Miami Vice attire that he ends up oh, in? Oh, well, sure. Because he's like this, I don't know, kind of aging rock star or something. Yeah. So he's in this like full 70s get up. I thought it was a wig. It's just his hair. No, right? yeah. That's what he looks like. Yeah. <laughs> they are fortunate enough to have a man who looks like that on the show. And before they cut to the group date, it is like, he just sits there and the camera lingers on him for far too long. It is one of the funniest moments in the season. He's got these like fear and loathing sunglasses on <laughs> as, as if he needed to look a bit more like dazed and yeah. out of sorts. As if those are the two emotions that we already didn't feel <laughs> <laughs> about this show. Mm. Um, well, they arrive at a ballroom all done up with their gray hair wigs and high pants and whatnot. Uh, and they meet Angie, who similarly is rocking a Nana outfit. I was a little bit disappointed that Osha, who is also there, did not get in on the action. Yeah. But also, a little bit of eye candy. <laughs> I'm not going to complain. Um, Angie tells the men she wants, quote, someone to look at me like my Papadopoulos looked at my nan. <laughs> Osha explains that they'll be learning the, quote, sexy, rump-shaking ballroom dance style of the Mambo. These dudes look so old, they probably remember when Mambo number one came uh... out. <laughs> <laughs> These dudes <laughs> look so old that they probably remember when Reg Mombasa was just Reg Mom. <laughs> <laughs> they probably uh, remember Reg. Wait, the, the, more like Reg Grandma Bassa uh -huh. something. Uh -huh. Good. Uh huh. Um. <laughs> I'm glad we both had a joke for that. Um, Osh then brings out their dance partners, uh, four older women who probably don't resent spending time with these young men in old people cosplay <laughs> even one bit. Um, Alex is the lucky last pick, so he gets to partner up with Angie. And then we watch them sort of learning the steps for a bit. We focus first on Tim and his partner, Vola, who takes to it very well, I would Vola say. rules. Yeah, Vola's fun. Um, we also see Ryan and Lyndall, um, who are singled out as being particularly sensual. I think this is the first sign I'm, like, bothered a little bit by this thing. Uh, talk to me. What is, uh, so what's bothering you? Well, I mean, I, it feels to me like these older women who are maybe, like, 50, 60 years old. Like, they're not, like, senile. They're yeah. kind of being used as the punchline of the joke here a little bit. I think, like, the idea is essentially, like... How funny would it be if older women were allowed to have, like, even a, the remotest sexual spark left in their withering, like, ancient Ooh. bodies? Don't you think? Like, if, if the joke is kind of like, haha, wouldn't it be funny if, like, this was real? Yeah. But it's, it kind of feels a bit disrespectful. Uh, uh, to, to the show's credit and to their credit, 
they really seem to be in on the joke. I think they are playing along. They're laughing along with it. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just not really my thing. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like this is something that the women have agreed to do and that they think is, like, fun. So, mm. to a certain extent, I'm like, I'm fine with this playing out the way that Maybe it does. Maybe I'm being you know? a bit too sensitive about it. No, it's just, like, I think that this is, like... um I don't know. It's like a fun play on a trope rather mm. than like, look at how old these women are. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I do think it's funnier when the focus is on the men though, rather yeah. than the women. Like there's this really great part where everyone's checking out Carlin's butt in the old man <laughs> pants. And then one of the women says like, oh yes, look at that lovely booty. <laughs> like that part is hilarious. Yeah. Um, Ryan wins the final single day. I don't know. Do you have anything else to say about this? They do a lot of dancing. Yeah, there's a lot of dancing here. The only things that I noted, um, Tim in VO says, I'm not usually one to go for older women, but when in Rome, um, which I was just thinking maybe the first half of that sentence is more revealing than he intended it to be. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And then the other thing that I picked up on was that we've just heard from Tim so much right. at this point in the episode. Like we've heard from Tim fucking 700 times yeah. and they have relied on him so hard as a narrator for this season because they're not really left with a lot that's right they? like carlin is nice right. and quiet mm -hmm. ryan is quiet mm -hmm. matt for, like is going home so we don't hear from him at all right and then we're left to rely on jacko and alex to sort of like fill in the pieces because they can't keep 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 going to tim yeah yeah jacko is doing his bit alex i feel like we heard from maybe a couple of times we got a couple and it was sort of like the most visibility that he's had all year yeah 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 which is a shame. We'll probably get to that. Um, but yes, uh, Ryan gets the final single date. Uh, Angie jokes that uh, she is worried that Ryan will run away with his partner. Um, and then, yeah, so we cut to that single date. They meet in a country garden. Angie in a confessional. Confessional? Confessional. We're doing The Bachelor News. <laughs> Angie in confessional says she knows there's a physical connection, but she wants to know if there's a connection beyond that. I'm not so sure. Yeah. I don't For know. one thing, I'm like, I'm not really sold on the physical connection. Yeah. It just feels like they're two people who get along fine. Yeah. It's hard because, like, um, there's this whole thing where Angie's like, have you seen us kiss? Right. And, like, yes, we I have. I think I must have. Yeah. It I, seems like I did. For me, like, it, it's the same as, like, you, you sort of want to fall in love with the man as well as you're going along with this show. Right. And the edit this season hasn't really given us the opportunity to do that with anyone other than Kieran or maybe Tim, if that's your vibe. Right. Yeah. I think that's the problem that I'm having at this point in the season. I don't want to like spoil the fun or anything, but I did feel like these two episodes were pretty lackluster as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And I think the reason for that is normally at this point in the show, I've really got a horse in the race. Mm -hmm. I'm really invested in the actual relationship, the outcome. And there's somebody who I'm like really hoping to see succeed. Right. At this point, I don't really care that much. Yeah. And it's weird. Like right now is when the fun and games are kind of over and we're starting to focus more on the romance and that stuff that I find is like the most pure and interesting element of this TV show. Mm -hmm. The thing that sets us apart from a lot of other reality TV. And at this point, I'm just like, yeah, you know, people are getting along. I'm happy for them, but I'm not like swept up in it. Right, because, like, especially because Angie is so great, you want someone to be so great for her. Right, and that's the, the thing, is that Angie I really like, and she's the thing that's keeping me watching. Yeah. But there was a point when I was re-watching the Hometown episode that I was like, this is a bit grueling. Yeah. And if I was not covering this show for a podcast, I'm not sure if I'd really be, like, tuning in every night. It's hard, because there are parts of the, these episodes that I've really enjoyed. Like, th at this point... um. 
I am just becoming so used to Tim that I want to hear more from him. Okay. You know, like yeah. I, at, at this point, he's the star of the season now for me because he is just this hurricane of a man and I never know what's going to happen. And True. I find him compelling for that reason. Mm. But like outside of that, you know, we, the hometown date is so formulaic and we'll get there with that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with you in that there are parts of these episodes that do just sort of feel a bit tedious. Yeah. Um, not tedious, though, is this question and answer game. I also feel like I'm noticing a couple of times where I'm like, they are looking for something to happen. And right. they're trying quite clearly to create circumstances where someone will say something or slip up or embarrass themselves or whatever. Mm. Where, like, a lot of the time it's not quite that obvious. Yeah. So there's this little question and answer game set up. Um, they both agree that peeing in the shower is a-okay and, um, Angie even wants to try doing it. Who is, uh, who is on this date? Ryan. <laughs> he is the invisible man. The man that we know nothing about who is maybe going to win. Right. Um, they agree Heath Ledger is hotter than Ryan Gosling. Uh, the one thing that they would want with them if they were stranded on a desert island is their dogs. That to me is actually pretty fucked up. Yeah. Like, your dog could die. That's just some real masochism. You could say anything, and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I would like to have uh, someone else that I truly love trapped with me in a similar <laughs> predicament. Um, not only that, someone who's... Sorry. Not only that, someone who is utterly dependent on you. Right, and who <laughs> is probably used to a particular kind of lifestyle that in this environment you would not be able to provide for Oh, them. no. Yeah. <laughs> Things turn feral way quickly, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, like, maybe if you always secretly wanted to eat your dog, (laughs) like, I guess. Kind of messed up. (laughs) Um, uh, Sex before marriage. Both of them say yes, please. Um, Biggest relationship deal breaker. And this is a kind of a point that we will come back to because they both agree that, like, lying and a lack of trust is, like, number one. And so if either of them were to say something dishonest to the other one or perhaps to find out that the other one has been dishonest with them would really be like a total deal breaker and we would have to stop them from being on the show yeah right? we would have that would have to be the end of things between those two people mm. um there's also just like uh, all the answers just happen to be identical and we don't see any of the answers that might not have <laughs> particularly lined up that well um anyway up next because we've now done enough of the exploring non-physical connections (laughs) is very much like your physical connection like standard porno music blindfold date yeah what the this happens every season pretty much Uh, yeah yeah. and it's just like a variation on this weird thing that we have every single time right and i feel like somebody name drops 50 shades every single time and it's always really similar i can't remember if this specific love expert has been back in the same way that sometimes the photographer or whatever in oh, the, yeah. the group uh, date is back. But... I think I think this is the first time that we've seen this nameless love expert. Right. She is not named. Not at all. No. Um, she explains that they will be doing, quote, intimacy exercises to deepen their connection through body, mind, and soul. So Ryan is blindfolded and Angie unbuttons his shirt as we see close-ups of him licking his lips. Very unpleasant in my p- particular opinion. Angie seems kind of uncomfortable, I guess. I mean, she's, like, willing to play along, but she's also, like, chuckling her way through it. It's clearly not, like, you can't actually have a sensual experience like that in this proximity, I don't think. So it would be really creepy, I think, this date, if Angie wasn't such an incredible goof. Right. You know, like, this is the sort of thing that lends itself to 
something feeling a little bit too intimate, a little bit too pervy, voyeuristic, mm. however you want to put it. But because Angie is able to have fun with it, we're able to have fun with it. And I think Angie is almost like, in a way, like I feel like I've seen her clips of her doing Gogglebox and commenting on things like this that are a bit too intimate. Totally. A bit too uncomfortably close and a bit too, maybe like a bit too serious. Mm -hmm. And she is like somehow inhabiting both the active person in the situation and the like Greek chorus commentating on it. Right, exactly. Which is quite interesting. It's really really. diffusing, you know, like you're just like, okay, cool. Well, she's in this situation, she's handling it and she's also putting out the fire for all of us. Right. It's great. Yeah, you're totally right. She saves it. Um... There is a point where Ryan's shirt is unbuttoned and we see that he has a tattoo on his ribs. Did you spot this? No. It is a text-based tattoo. We can only see part of it. It's the end. And it says, The Punched. Oh. What do we think that could possibly... I mean, I, I don't want to speculate, but like, I'm very curious about seeing the whole picture now. Always the puncher, never the punched. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Um... Angie is then blindfolded. They do some of these like Lady in the Tramp kisses with berries. Oh, yep. Um, the love expert is just kind of standing there smiling at them. And I don't know why, but they cut back to her a couple of times. Uh, Yeah, this was odd. Very odd. Very strange energy on this date in general. Angie tells Ryan, uh, I just absolutely adore how you make me feel. And then in a voxy, she says their connection is stronger than ever. They share a kiss, but no rose. And then we cut back to the love expert just smiling at them again. That's the last (laughs) thing we see before we go to the ad break. (laughs) It's like she's waiting for an invitation or something. Yeah. I... (laughs) I, I was utterly confused by this date, and thank God that we had Angie there to sort of pull us through. Right. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I spotted uh, as part of this segment was the part back at the house where the boys were kind of talking about how Ryan doesn't fit in. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I basically least... skipped this because we've heard stuff like that before. Yeah. I just wanted to highlight this bit of perceptiveness from Jacko that I thought was really interesting because, like, all the boys are like, you know, um, he doesn't fit in. Um, he doesn't join in on any of our reindeer games. There's like, do <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's all that kind of like, why he's not like us. And then Jacko's like, well, yeah, it's probably that is that he isn't like us. And maybe when he's alone with Angie, he's different and she likes that. And it's the sort of thing that we just yeah. never see on this show that is someone be like, by. someone just give a counterpoint that's like, oh, like so often what we see is, uh, the boys being like, if he's not in good with the boys, he can't be good for the Bachelorette. Right. You know, which and, is like really a false equivalent. Right. And I just wanted to have this Jacko thing was like a quick moment of sneaky wisdom mm. from someone who is has shown himself a couple of times now to be pretty perceptive and yeah. interesting. And I like that from Jacko. Whereas what we see from Tim is, I don't trust him. There's something in my guts. All of the boys are a bit sus, which is maybe planting that seed for a little bit later. Sure. Yeah. I do think, like, Ryan is a little removed from the rest of the group, but I don't get the feeling that it's unintentional. I get, like, the vibe that he's just not super interested in pursuing that side of things as much. Right. Which, like, is totally fine. He's I think, not here to make friends. Right. Well, I think we learned that from watching Abby last season on Bachelor. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it really shouldn't matter that much. Um, I think I read a rumor during the week that, uh, Brian was, instead of sleeping in the bunk beds with all the other boys, he was sleeping out in the couch in the Batch Mansion. Oh. Which is like, I mean, you can spin that and make it seem like it's really weird behavior, but also like, he doesn't feel like he's getting along with them or maybe he just, just wants his privacy. Space. It's chill. Yeah. yeah. So we cut to the cocktail party. 
Um, Ryan recaps the date for the men, as usual. None of them like hearing the details. Not really a big news item there. He says, we didn't talk that much, but without words being said, you could sort of feel that connection growing. And Matt, again, pretty perceptively says, are you worried she liked you because you didn't speak much? <laughs> Which is quite funny. And then also it's just like, oh, hi, Matt. Hello. <laughs> like, I will say that, like, Ryan hasn't really said anything bad. Like, he's not an objectionable person. Not at all. It's just that the show's not giving us a chance to get to know him. Right. But, I mean, you know, the, the joke is just like good natured ribbing it's not right any actual fault in ryan's character exactly you know all we're getting to see is like his otherness and the show is like leaning on the edit that they've supplied us to make jokes about it yeah yeah um next up osha greets the men to tell them it's the last ever cocktail party those are his words and i'm like i wonder what they have planned for the next season (laughs) um and to celebrate there is a dinner party waiting for them inside with dinner comes conversation so the men can anonymously write down questions to ask one another, which will hopefully generate some drama in this otherwise fairly dull episode. This is another one of those moments where I'm like, uh, what if everyone just like writes down some secret stuff and calls everyone else on their bullshit? Like, wouldn't that be fun? So did you like this? Of course. Yeah. It was the best part of the show. It's really spicy. It's great drama. There were p- times where I sort of thought like this might be a little bit invasive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily... We'll get to the thing that happened with Carlin that I didn't really like that much, but... Mm. I well, w- the thing is, yeah. it's not truth or pass in this <laughs> scenario. It is truth or some other thing. Right, exactly. And so, for me, what this was, was the show leaning into Married at First Sight. Oh, yeah. You know, this is the first time that we've really seen this established reality TV show in The Bachelor just straight out pinch something from another successful reality TV sure. show. I was even getting uh, My Kitchen Rule vibe from it, which is like, they're all just sitting down together. There is no getting up and leaving this situation. Yeah. And it's not little one-on-one things happening. It's like a dirty laundry getting aired out in front of everyone. Right, yeah. And that was kind of that was kind of the vibe, and I think that's what makes this succeed. Yeah. Um, another thing that makes it succeed is Angie, who is wearing maybe the best cocktail dress of the season. Oh, it's beautiful. She has this very glamorous wave in her hair as well. Um, and she tells the boys that this is not the time to say what she wants to hear. It's time to get, quote, honest up in her. Oh, like, okay. Uh, so somebody asks, Carlin, have you had any physical modifications? So this is the first one off the bat. And we learn that after his separation, he was kind of struggling with self-image and that kind of thing, and he decided he would get his lips done. And the response to this, I really didn't like. Me it, too. Yeah. It, there's like this joking about how that makes him a woman. I think one of them says like, oh, hello, sister, or something like that. Yeah. And also like there's a comment about how it didn't work and how like his lips aren't that good or whatever. I don't know. Like uh, all of it is yuck. Yeah, this to me is just kind of like tabloid grabbing. I don't feel like it is particularly interesting Well, it's about exposing, Carlin. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's just trying to expose a uh, perceived flaw of his, and I just think more power to him for going and addressing something about himself that he wasn't happy with. Right. The implication is that he should be embarrassed about having done that. Yeah. But also, like, yeah. there has never been a moment on this show where anyone has said anything negative about his appearance. Like, nope. it worked. Yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. He is 
a good looking person. There yeah. is no disputing it. And so by introducing this thing, I don't know if they're trying to chip away at that somehow. Yeah. Trying to prove that he's like less than human by, you know, doing this or whatever. I love that Angie is like, hey, I have my lips done too. You're a person. This is yeah. what people do. Like, yeah. you know, I've had my lips done. Yeah. Chapstick. <laughs> Still counts. Um, and then Colin figures out that Ryan was the one who asked the question. And Ryan says, it's just because you're so goddamned aesthetically good looking, which is just a wonderful little garbled turn of phrase. Aesthetically means like all of the senses. <laughs> and then he narrows it down. Um, somebody has asked all the boys, what is your favorite quality about Angie? And these questions are anonymous, so we don't know who asked it. But like the question isn't even out of the person's mouth before Ryan goes like, oh, her kind heart. So it's like, well, who do you think asked the question? He's like, oh, I remember this one. <laughs> That's my guess anyway. That's funny. But it's also funny that he just like gets in there before anyone else can. And then, so everyone else has to be like, uh, her feet? I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> you know? Jamie's like, I love her socks. <laughs> he pops back in. He's on speed dial. He's <laughs> on speakerphone. And then there is another question addressed to everyone, which is, was this the first season of Bachelorette that you applied for? Kind of a good question. Great. Bit of fun. Um, so Tim is like, yeah, this is the first one. Jackson says he applied for Georgia Love season um, and then puts his foot in his mouth by saying, yeah, but she's old. Idiot. I mean, uh, older than me, that is. Or Idiot. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Stop it. George Love is younger than most of the men in this. I don't know. She's younger than most. She's of the, young. She's young is what I'm saying. She's great. She should come on the podcast. Um, Ryan is like sitting there kind of quietly. He's sort of chewing his fingernails and steam coming out of his ears. And uh, he says, well, uh, he then explains that uh, he did, in fact, go through the audition process last year. And the weirdest thing here, I think, is that he pronounces Ali's name wrong, which is really strange. I think he is, like, maybe trying to distance himself from it in, way, in some way, but it's, like, super transparent. He keeps calling her Ali. Oh. It's, like, really weird, because nobody has the... I mean, Muhammad Ali, maybe. <laughs> the, the boxer. But, like, I don't know. Is he trying to say, like, oh, yeah, but it's nothing serious. Like, I don't even know how to pronounce her name. <laughs> it's really bizarre. It's so weird. To find out, you know, that the Aussie dog guy is a bit of an Aussie dog. <laughs> I mean, we've kind of guessed that all along, right? It's very, very strange, you know? Yes. Um, but anyway, this hits Angie particularly hard because Ryan had previously said, quote, I'm here for you and you only. I wouldn't have signed up had it been anybody else. Which is now revealed to have been a pretty blatant lie. <laughs> and they show that clip and rub it right in his face. Um, and, you know, he... He tries to push past it. He's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, we've come to this point and look how far oh, we've come. It's and such a, oh, it's so <laughs> shitty. It's so embarrassing. It's so bad for him. And like, I understand that instinct at such a base level where you're like, you've clearly fucked up. Mm. You're like, but look, I'm going to just distract you from this thing and look over here. It's much better now yeah. in the present, he's isn't like, it? Before I fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. He's basically like, oh. Anyway, isn't it fun to be playing games all together? How about we break out the Connect Four? <laughs> um, and Angie has this incredible bit of commentary here where she says, oh my God, what if he slides into Ali's DMs it's too? It's so funny. And then she points out that it was earlier that day when he said that his biggest deal breaker was liars. They both agreed on it. 
there's a really big serious problem <laughs> and uh we get this voxy from tim who's like drama 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 and i'm not involved in it oh is he applying for the fucking bachelorette <laughs> he is so <laughs> drama drama everywhere and not a drop to drink <laughs> there's plenty to drink though <laughs> Anyway, Angie also points out... Sorry, Angie. I'm sorry. Anyway, Angie points out <laughs> that um, this is something that she wants to discuss with him in private, which means there's no chance he's going home in the rose ceremony. Of course. Uh, so, you know, it's time to ignore the consequences of these men's actions again and instead send home two perfectly fine background dudes who have really never done anything wrong as far as I'm concerned. Uh, that's right. It is goodbye to Matt and Alex. I just want to point out this one confessional from ryan in the rose ceremony yeah it's so it just got me he says obviously it's come across as though i've lied (laughs) oh it's also come across that i'm bald and that my name is ryan (laughs) a lot of these things are quite evident (laughs) to anyone observers Uh, and then i love also that he's like i probably should have brought it up before Mm. except you know, I was too busy trying to tell her the other thing about how I was only here for her and not Ali, right, yeah. the other woman who I wanted to hump. <laughs> I should have probably brought it up before, but um, oh. also um, maybe I should have um, just not um, done it or said, <laughs> said the lies. It. It's yeah, it is pretty bad, and he gets the first rose too, yeah. which I want to I want to spotlight just because Jamie will be so pissed. Yeah, true. Because it means so much to Jamie that he got the first rose. Mm. Um, but yes, goodbye to Matt and Alex. Hello to Sally and Erica. <laughs> I expected Twitter to be ablaze with that joke. And yeah. uh, shout out Gabs from our Bachelor of Hearts Osh posting group, which if you're not a member of... Wait, what's that? It's a great Facebook group that we have. You need to get in and amongst it. We make lots of fun jokes and memes and talk about the episodes. Yes. It's really fun. Um, yeah, Gabs made that joke in that, uh, Facebook group. There are a lot of really good jokes about that, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't have any others. (laughs) Me neither. All right. Shall we go on? Do we eulogize Matt and Alex? What do we do? You know? I mean. Um, (laughs) Baby, I can pay you two a kiss from the rose on the grave. It was never going to happen, I think. But also, like, both of them deserve a lot better. I feel like more so than we have seen in a lot of previous seasons. We are getting right to the end, and there are still dudes who truly don't stand a chance. They are the most heavily under-edited fifth and sixth place, I think, that I can remember yeah. on Batchy or Bachelorette. And it's particularly bad in Bachelorette when there are even less people to begin with. Yeah. Like, I guess that that means we've had slightly less time with them, but also, like, from a pool this small... Like, there have never really been that many sure bets. I know, I know. And it's so hard because, like, Alex is perceptibly hot. He's the hottest one. He's fun. He was the hottest one on night one. I think I might have called it in our episode. I definitely yeah. called it in a text to you. <laughs> I will present it before the court oh, as dear. evidence uh, item A. Yeah. Exhibit? Yeah. R.I.P. Exhibit is uh, not quite as hot as <laughs> Alex is. Exhibit A for Alex. Mm. All right. Uh, also, Matt was there. <laughs> Remember when he was on a bike? Oh, and he rode off alone. He did. I thought Matt was a crusty angel. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. Thank you. All right. Uh, it's time for us to recap the other episode 
for this week. Hometown time. Sort of the main event, really. And Zavi, what I'm wondering is, can I have a beer to get through this? Absolutely. <laughs> Coming right up. Thank you. It is, of course, the Bachelorette Australia season five? Yeah. Episode 10? Yeah, you got it. Yes. Look at that. And the play-by-play here is basically we're visiting the hometowns of each of the men who are left in the competition. Angie meets their family. There's always one family member who's tasked with asking the hard questions. Right. It's so formulaic. So basic. As you may know from your own family and the family of friends and uh, loved ones in your life, everyone has one really shit family member who yes. is just out to embarrass them on national TV. <laughs> Actually, that may be truer than yeah. I thought. <laughs> uh, and if you don't have one, turns out that you can just bring in your friend Jacko and he'll do it for you. Sure. Well, that's the thing. This is not a big, like, stacked cast yeah. this time around. We are focusing on a couple of key players from each family here. And even then, there's friends and, like, you know, it is... It, sometimes these things go so deep. Yeah. And we have to memorize, like, 30 people's names as they, like, use this as an opportunity for a big family reunion. Not this time. Not this time at all. More so this time, we are just taken to some local businesses. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like an undercover boss crossover. It's great. Undercover boss over. Sorry. Oh, so good. You got me. <laughs> all right. So we begin with Tim's hometown date. And is it important what the date part of their date actually is? I mean, I mean, the, the one thing is that they go to this uh, cafe. Tim's like, oh, I love cafes. I always love going to cafes. Oh, Having yeah. a bite to eat at a cafe is one of my favorite things to do. And we're better to go for a cafe than because uh, they're in Terrigal, right? Yeah. So they go to this restaurant. I'm um, sorry, this cafe called the Tame Fox, which is six kilometers out of Terrigal. <laughs> What's going on? I don't understand. It's clearly a mate's place. Yeah. Right? So they are in Terrigal, uh, which is on the central coast. Um. That's where Tim's family now lives. And I just want to take this opportunity to say that the Central Coast, fabulous place. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Never Look, been anywhere nicer. Anything... Many attractions, several places to go, lots of nice people from there. <laughs> anything that we may have to say negatively about Tim, uh, certainly don't want to reflect that back upon that area. The kind people of Terrigal and the surrounding suburbs. Mm -hmm. mm. So we're meeting Tim's mum and brother and maybe his dad, but I don't remember. Yeah, the dad's there. Yeah. So they go to the hotel that Tim's parents own. Oh. Yeah. Right. He's like, my parents own a hotel in Terrigal, so that's why we're like going to house. There you go. No, no, yeah. it's at a hotel. Like his parents are waiting at reception. Wow. Yeah. No, this part really stood out to me, actually. Talk to me. Because I was curious about like this place that his parents may well have like designed. And I feel like that's going to be the biggest insight into like what kind of environment that he has maybe grown up in. Mm. Um, not necessarily his family home or anything like that, but like I think it gives a, a indication of what kind of adult life we could expect from Tim or at least a Tim's family member. Right. So we see the reception of this hotel and it's hilariously decked out with all of these like big generic looking signs that you usually see in like gift shops or whatever. So one of them says, today will be the best day ever. <laughs> one of them says, I'm walking on sunshine. Whoa. And one of them says, marry your best friend. 
I do not say that lightly. Really, truly find the strongest, happiest friendship in the person you fall in love with. Someone who speaks highly of you. Someone you can laugh with. The kind of laughs that make your belly ache and your nose snort. The embarrassing, earnest, healing kind of oh, laughs. Oh, not get Wit another sign. No, it's all in the ones that... Wit is important. Life is too short not to love someone who lets you be a fool with them. Make sure they are somebody who lets you cry, too. Despair will come. Find someone that you want to be there with. This uh, is on one sign? You throw those times. Most importantly, marry the one who makes passion, love, and madness combined and course through you a love that will never dilute even when the waters get deep and dark do you know fucking i've never wanted a live laugh love sign more in my life <laughs> so that one i did google <laughs> but the other two were, okay there was also a third one that i liked which was um what was it it was like uh oyster tour or oyster farm tour Something like that. This is see, we went to the oyster farm on uh Eleanor's day oh, in true. Maddie not Maddie J, the other Matt season. Mm. Yeah. Um so uh the only thing that stood out to me about the decor was the great big Hawaiian Elvis when you walk in the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you put your keys on. Yeah. That was all that I paid attention to here because otherwise we're hanging out with Tim's family, we're meeting his BFF Jacko and also Jacko's mum, Tracy. And Tim, as it turns out, has Tracy's name tattooed on her butt. Right. This is a big deal. <laughs> two seasons of The Bachelorette in a row, two butt tattoos. Are we missing out? <laughs> Do you mean we, would we be cast on the show if we had butt tattoos? Yeah. Would we be cast if we have butt tattoos? But also, what would you get as your butt tattoo? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, let me think. I'm thinking back to the movie Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Where there's a wonderful butt birthmark scene where one of them has ten a and the other one has a <laughs> um, which is quite good. I don't really know though. So you Am would I get Bachelor get... and I would get Hearts Podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> what if we did? It's important. Um, so, there is, I just yeah. before we go past it, there is one more part of the decor that I really wanted to touch on because I'm sure there are some people listening who spotted it as well, which is these gigantic one liter glasses that they're drinking from. They're like filled to the brim with Aperol spritz, I assume, but they're literally like gigantic. Have you ever seen that inside Amy Schumer sketch where she's yeah, drinking yeah. from like a glass the of wine that's glass. as big yeah, as yeah, her? Yeah. It was that type of vibe. <laughs> very, very strange. And also like, I feel like you can plot the course of these dates based on like how big the drinks were. <laughs> like I was looking during Carlin's date, like it was just like regular small glass of wine, not even overfilled like you might do at a generous bar or whatever it was like literally like classy for tv glass of wine pouring so and then funny. in this situation you have this like human head size glass <laughs> so the thing here is that i think everyone in tim's family is great except for jacko sure um who is actively trying to thwart tim's chances and run angie off at the pass so he calls tim a party boy and angie is like well that's not the life for me no more and Jacko is like, basically, tough shit. Yeah. Yeah. There is one thing that happens, which I think is quite telling about Tim, mm. which is Jackson asks Angie this fairly, like, what do you call it? A low ball? Yeah. Like a pretty easy question, which is, do you have a connection with any of the other dudes? Which is like, you don't necessarily want to talk about it in front of Tim. I think she says that. But yeah. it's a fairly obvious yes. Like, you can't just be like, oh, no, no, I don't care for them. Not really. Uh, it's mostly just, uh, <laughs> just him. Um, but Tim, at this point, like, puts his hands over his ears and starts going, la, 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 la. Like, it, <laughs> like he couldn't imagine a world in which there was some level of equality between these, like, final four picks or whatever. He's behaving like a child. I really thought this is so immature. I, yeah, I guess, like, 
there's a certain amount of me that doesn't know how I would behave in that situation, you know, mm. because you certainly don't want to feel any more jealous and insecure about yourself than you would have to. Mm. So, but I feel like this, oh, yeah, maybe uh, there's, there's totally a way of just being like, oh, listen, I don't, maybe you can talk to Angie about it while I'm not here <laughs> instead of just going, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> He's just chucking a tantrum. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, something about Tim is not clicking with me this week. Yeah. I uh, was much more here for Tim right. this week. Yeah. Right. I, like, it's just the sort of thing where um, it's like exposure therapy, right? The more I mm. see of him, the more I'm like, give me more Tim. <laughs> um, so everything turns out to be like a Jacko problem, to be right. quite honest. Right. You know, like he says that he's jealous and possessive. And everything that he says to Angie smacks of ulterior motive. Mm. It seems like he's probably got a pretty comfortable life that he likes with Tim at the moment in Melbourne. Right. And he doesn't want some bloody chick coming in here and ruining it. Yeah. Yeah. And like Tim and Angie have a point where they chat afterwards and she goes like, oh, well, you know, Jackson mentioned that you were like a bit of a party boy or whatever. Yeah. And Tim, like to his credit is like, well, yeah, that's like when I'm with Jackson. Yeah. Because Jackson and I, like the boys in their house kind of have a different relationship, but like we've had girlfriends before and that kind of stuff sort of slows down. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that he does a really good job of, of justifying um, what his life is like mm. and how he behaves in different contexts. But like the whole thing to me just felt very like man cave misogynist, you know, yeah. like this idea that the woman is going to come in and spoil the fun right? is really othering, you know, like, I don't think that's how lifelong friendships are supposed to work. Yeah, for sure. I think I would hope that Tim's friend would have a bit more maturity and perhaps openness for Tim to, uh, you know, enter into a next stage in his life maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not to say that he has to or anything like that, but it does put a fair amount of pressure on Angie to hold his life together. Yeah. Because otherwise he will slip back into that like party boy lifestyle or whatever. It's, yeah. It, the, the whole thing is, is confusing because Angie has expressed her desire to be one way and Tim has expressed his desire to be that way. But basically, there's this other bloke off to the side being like, not going to happen. Yeah, right, right. You know, like it's, it's really strange and... Tim calls it the biggest stitch up in history. Mm. Um, and I was like, man, have you fucking seen the honey badger? Have you watched, <laughs> did you watch that season? <laughs> have you seen any of the straight to DVD Lilo and Stitch sequels? <laughs> so it all sort of seems to appease Angie. Remember, she says Tim is exactly her type and they kiss and they say farewell. And I'm kind of left to wonder, like, is Angie going to try to tame the wild beast? Mm. You know, like, uh, it's almost like the plot of every horse movie. <laughs> you know, like there's this like wild stallion mm. off in the field and he's beautiful and he's got this long mane mm. and don't come too close or else you might get bit. Mm. But then there's this one special girl who comes along and they learn to love each other. Right. Is that this? I think maybe, honestly. <laughs> that's a that's, really apt metaphor. Yeah, like that's how I could see Tim and Angie ending up together and it being like, a beautiful romantic conclusion. Yeah. Cause otherwise you have like Ryan who is, I mean, I don't know why we're using a horse metaphor. Maybe it's cause the Melbourne cup was this week. Um, in fact, do we want to talk about how channel 10 has fared with the Melbourne oh, cup? You might remember, I think it was my podcast highlight for this year when Xavier, you revealed to me that the channel 10 was incorporating the Melbourne cup into a suite of its programs in order to make it quote a year round event. Right. It never has to stop. 
the torture and uh, drunkenness and public humiliation could keep going. Of a um, three-minute horse race, right. I might add. <laughs> Never has to stop. But as it turns out, maybe didn't quite work out the way mm, the Channel 10 yes. had planned. Yeah. So was this... not exactly a ratings winnie. <laughs> ratings winnie. Very funny. Mm-hmm. This is coming from The Guardian. Okay, and they say, The number of people who watched the race, broadcast on 10 this year, was down significantly. The average figure for 10's coverage was 1.3 million, down almost a million from 2013 when it was 2.2. There was a drop of 500,000 from last year alone. Yikes. I mean, I'm saying yikes. I mean, great. Like, (laughs) this is not something that I endorse. No, Uh, but like, uh, it, it was just like a great time for this network to put all of this money into a four-year contract to broadcast a horse race that people are disliking more and more as the years right, pass. Right, They really backed the wrong horse in this situation. Yeah, Peter Fitzsimons this week uh, wrote that it was a bad look for you to be attending the Melbourne Cup. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. he's like this country's most celebrated sports commentator. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, um, I feel like Ryan and maybe Colin are like the reliable if i mean maybe ryan is the like reliable like horse that kind of comes second or third just about every year and he's still right you know still in the race um carlin i guess is a new white horse i guess (laughs) somehow a christian horse i guess yeah and jackson is this beautiful thunderbolt right with a shit owner (laughs) he's ridden by a really (laughs) mean and over like overworking jockey Oh boy. Uh, okay. We'll get to the mean and overworking jockey sure, in yes. a bit. <laughs> now it's time for Ryan's date. Um, Angie and Ryan meet up on some island. Mm-hmm. It's a, a, like a beach on an island. The Chiron says that Ryan's job is island caretaker. Yes, this has always thought, been like, the case for Ryan. Fuck, it would be so cool to know anything about this man besides the fact that he's quiet and loves dogs and is only here for Angie and would never have replied for this show. Otherwise, oh wait, fuck, hold on. That's actually the opposite of what's true. Right. But you're right. Like, I, I can't believe that the island caretaker thing has flashed up on screen every episode, so much so that we have stopped mentioning it, and we have never heard a single word about what that actually means. No. Like, it's as if he's trying to cover it up, except that's definitely what he's asked to be credited <laughs> by. Right. Like, they're talking all about his Aussie dog business as if that's not what his job is. Right, exactly. But then there's never been a, a t- even the tiniest detail about what this island caretaker thing Right, exactly. You know, and if you wanted it to be mentioned, all you would have to say is, I'm the member for Noosa. <laughs> yeah. You know, and the show would run a fucking mile with it. Right. Mm. Um, so Angie has... Questions based on everything that we saw in the last episode. This is what we're here for. The meat of it is that Ryan was asked to apply for the show last year, and he did. He didn't know that the Bachelorette would be Ali, uh, and then I think he, none of us did. <laughs> he went to the first round of casting, but he didn't hear back. And at some point in these episodes, I also want to address right. Like he's like, I wouldn't have said yes to the show if I'd known that it was Ali. I would have turned it down. Which, Zave, were you born yesterday? Um, let me check my calendar. No, because we did the podcast a whole week ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to narrow down the field of people who would find that to be at all believable. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is one of them who turns out to be the Bachelorette. <laughs> I'm shocked that this was good enough for her. Yeah, she seems to be pretty assuaged by it. She's like, well, he didn't know it was Ali, so maybe I can trust him, mm. but... 
The reality of it is that he lied. He lied, he lied. He did. Yeah. It sucks. And she has made it out to be a big deal to her, but clearly, like, this is an acceptable type of lying to her. Yeah. Which, like, I don't want to cut her down for feeling that way or whatever, but it is a bit of a double standard. I know, you make excuses for the people you love. Sure, I get that. But it's like, you also, I guess, make excuses for people that you want to keep in the competition. Yeah. Like, I feel like... This has been producers kind of saying like, well, look, you're not going to send him now, like home now, are you? Like, we still have fucking Jackson here. Yeah. So, like, you know, like you just, haven't even met his dad. Right. So this will be like a big thing that they talk about. It's like, well, can I trust him or whatever in the final episode? Right. So Ryan's been using this to curry favor with Angie by saying something over and over that was just not true. Right. You know, it sucks. Yeah. I personally am not here for it. This is the thing where it's like, Brian has not really set a foot wrong. We've kind of said that the whole time. Yeah. Like, he seems like a pretty unobjectable dude or whatever. And then he has really put his foot in it here and doesn't seem to feel that bad about it. And so the only, like, problem with the characterization, right? There's two. Firstly, it's sort of revealed as we go into this that Ryan's problem is that he's been cast as a liar, Mm -hmm. not that he's done the wrong thing. Right. You know? And I think that that's a big and important distinction to make. Sure. Right? You need to be sorry for what you did, not sorry that you got caught. Yes. And then also, I don't know, there's part of me that just thinks, like, (sighs) why are we here? You know, Mm. this man has not been, as you say, shown to be objectionable at all, but he's not been shown to really be anything. You know, we're not given enough to fall in love with him. So when we get shown this one thing, I'm much more prone to be like, fuck this dude, than to be like, oh, well, but he's got lots of these redeemable qualities. For sure. You know? You're not weighing up the incredibly positive attributes of him with this negative thing that he's done. Right. You're kind of just going, oh, well, now I know a thing about him. I guess he's I shit. don't like it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's hard, you know? And the rest of the date is kind of boring. Like Ryan's brothers, Ryan's bald brothers, I might add. <laughs> I don't remember a thing about this except getting confused about which one was him. Which they... speaks volumes about his like, personality, right? Right, so they all stick up for Ryan. Okay, I want to correct myself. Not his personality, his characterization. There you go, thank you. He is a human being who may well have many attributes that we're not seeing. That's right. Um, They stick up for him at dinner. Angie addresses it. It's uncomfortable. Whatever. And then afterwards, Ryan outside is opening up about like how into Angie that he is. And his vernacular really struck me as interesting here. Like, mm. it was almost like he was borrowing from Tim's book. Sure. When he was talking about how into Angie she, like he was, he was like, oh, I bloody struth of fucking flame the crows, luckier. Yeah. You know, there's a whole just like... He's like, I'm absolutely dead set on you, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. exactly. It was really, really hard to be like, sorry, this is what you sound like? Right. Yeah. I've never heard him talk like that before. Yeah. Um, but also like, yeah, you get the impression that like, this is the, obviously this is the point in the competition where if an I love you is going to happen, it's going to happen here. Yeah. This is like everyone's kind of final chance to be like, listen, this is how far I'm willing to go on national TV to like <laughs> put myself out there or whatever. And you're getting a lot of like, yeah, I mean, I'm just, it's bloody grouse even just uh, getting to know you and uh. You know, it's, uh, it's been, oh, it's just an absolute, I'm, you know, I'm just rooted at the thought that I might have not gotten to, you know, and it's just, uh, strength, I bloody can't even begin to, and it's, uh, rooted at the thought, <laughs> it's bloody fair shake of the sauce bottle, I'm so oh. bloody glad that you have chosen me and gotten rid of all those other galahs, and I'm still oh. here, and it's, uh, it's bloody grouse. Oh, dear. Credit to the show for casting such significant doubt over who the winner will be. I mean, you know? Yeah. Like, at this point, 
no credit to Ryan for his dishonesty. I want to say that too. Mm. At this point, I have no fucking idea who wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, it could be Tim. I would be the most appeased by it being Tim for mm. some reason. Mm. Because we've not been shown anything to get on side with with Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. In some way, I'm curious if it is just like, maybe they've noticed there's, based on like peaks and values of viewer drop off and that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe they are trying to make it so, like, you cannot stop watching. It's addictive because, you know, like when you go to the movies and you get a box of popcorn that's like not quite flavorful enough. Yeah. And you are craving that like buttery, salty taste so much that you just keep popping bits of it into your mouth, hoping that the next one will be the one that satisfies you. Get you. So we're waiting until the very finale to find out, like, what is the difference between <laughs> Ryan and Carlin, yeah. who I feel like are pretty, pretty much locked in to be the final two. Right. Um, sorry about your Tim hypothesis. Mm. Um, Talk to me about, uh, you were saying that there's similarities with Lee Elliott, where how the edit for these two men is similar to the edit for Lee, and that it's just steadfast, you know? Am I giving you credit to something that someone in our batch group said? might have been said? somebody else. Oh, boy. I don't, I don't remember that. Have you had that thought? Mm-hmm. Credit to whoever in our Bachelor of Hearts group said that, uh, and I misattributed to Xavi. Um, Xavi, what do you think about that idea? I don't know. That what Carlin might be kind of Lee Elliott, steadfast, I mean, ongoing. I, I agree with the steadfastness. Yeah. I don't think he is quite as interesting to me. Yeah. Um, that season I feel like was characterized by more people being more interesting than this season. Right. And I feel like maybe Lee Elliott seemed a little less like of a standout personality amongst that group. Well, just because we have Matty J. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I think if you were to put Lee Elliott next to Carlin, kind of chalk and cheese. And I don't mean any disrespect to either of them. Yeah. But I feel like Lee Elliott has got so much more charm and sort of natural charisma. Yeah. Um, that is just oozing off the screen. And so what if you were to compare it to Ryan? Well, I can't even remember who Ryan is. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, so the thing that stuck out to me was Angie's confessional where she was like, Ryan was here at the start. Ryan's been through here. Ryan's been here through this. And I well, could she, see him yeah, being she there says afterwards. Like, he was here for me before the show. He was here for me during the show. Yep. He did miss the first week <laughs> for some undisclosed reason. And he was presented as an intruder. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I also just quickly here want to spotlight the promo that aired before we got into the Jackson and Carlin dates. Okay. Right? So it says, coming up, Carlin's big brother drops a bombshell and Angie acts out. I noticed that too. I heard that phrase, acts out. And I was so bummed. Like. Yeah. I, it is super gendered. You almost never hear it in reference to a man, you True. know, and the way a man behaves. Maybe like a teenage boy acting yeah. out against his parents or something. Right. It, because what it implies is insubordination. Right. And what that says is that Angie isn't behaving in like a womanly kind of way. Right. She's fallen out of line. Like, right. Yes, yeah. exactly. You know, like what about um, Angie stands up for herself or Angie takes a stand? There are so many ways right. that you can describe what happens without making out Angie to be someone who is insubordinate. Right. Yeah. Totally. Good point. Mm. Um, so now it's time for Jacko's hometown in which we meet an incredibly disciplinable man. But first, here's a cute bit. Jacko and Angie meet at the Galo Pie Factory, and it's time for Jacko to make up for his first impression. So, I mean, the, yes, it's cute. Yes. Um, it's also like the most obvious product placement I think I've ever seen <laughs> on television. 
which is like the culmination of this season long like thing which i they could have ignored we don't go to the island that ryan takes care of True. we don't see its logo in extreme close up <laughs> we don't we're not served islands <laughs> numerous <laughs> times throughout this show i have to wonder like what is the like payment plan strategy here with the know. amount of FaceTime that this brand is getting. The brand got a lot of FaceTime, but I got to say, after this episode, I am much less likely to engage with Garlo's Pies than I was four days ago. Right. You know? I think I, I was seeing a lot of chat around the web of people being like, I had never heard of Garlo's Pies before, and now suddenly I'm craving one, which is an insane thing to say and sounds like a bot posted it. Possibly, right. <laughs> possibly it was. Possibly there are members of this family. I couldn't Good strategy, tell you. strategy, yeah. Um, but also, like, I'm sure there are certain people who have just, like, got brand recognition out of it, who have been doing their weekly shop and been like, heck, let's give it a try. Let's yeah. see what the fuss is about. Um, you're right, though, that this kind of does um, put a spanner in there. Is there a pie-related metaphor? Uh, puts a dick in, <laughs> in the pie. Puts four and 20 blackbirds in the pie. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, the shines off the apple pie. Yeah, um, <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so what happens is that Jacko... Uh, serves Angie a gluten-free vegan pie, which is super thoughtful. It's very nice. Because their first impression, of course, was him being like, is this meat pie? And her being like, I can't eat either part of the pie. Yeah, I don't want to eat part of that. <laughs> the other part of it will make me die. Uh, this is the kind of man who we like to see on the TV. Like, sure. everything that we've seen of Jackson so far makes me think that he'd be an interesting can- candidate to return for Paradise. Mm-hmm. Like, he is shown Pir- to be... Paradise. Pir- sorry, Paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... <laughs> being shown to be thoughtful he has been like he's good looking um if he can get the time off work <laughs> well okay so i don't know if now is the appropriate time uh let for me my get conspiracy to it. okay so i feel like he is a plant i feel like so the Garlo family has been like here is our eligible good looking son Let's get him on this very profitable TV show that gets a lot of eyeballs. Yeah. Let's build a lot of brand recognition for the pies. And then let's make sure that he can't accidentally win and end up having to be in this relationship. We'll yank the fucking like tablecloth out from underneath him at the end. And then he can come back to work. So he gets like six weeks off work, does an incredible job of promoting the pies. And then suddenly it's all back to square one. And he's, uh, just, you know, he's a sales account manager or something for the pie company. That's incredible. I'd not thought about that. That is some galaxy brain level marketing. What it is, is it's a total conspiracy theorist, unprovable, um, potentially libelous (laughs) claim. Allegedly. Allegedly, we like to say. But I mean, uh, entertain the thought as this uh, group date. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) It is a group. Yep. As his hometown date slash business venture continues. So, yeah, Jacko is kind of up against it here. In Angie's words, she's halfway through, quote, smashing her pie before Jackson reveals that she'll be meeting her mum and dad and some other people today and that they'll be vetting her to make sure that she's not a freeloader. Mm. And she's like, excuse me? I'm not just trying to get a slice of the pie here. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, Jacko says. We just don't want some Minnie the Moocher coming in here and making off with all of daddy's precious gold. You know, and Zave, I regret to inform you that it only gets better from here. Yeah. Angie and Jacko arrive at the Garlo Fam HQ, where Angie is interrogated by Papa Sean Garlic about her work ethic, intentions, and her desire to ruin his son's life. 
I have some key quotes here from this man who runs a $15 million pie business mm-hmm. that is clearly more important than his son's happiness or autonomy. Absolutely. Just want to run you through these. Uh, number one, Jackson will be staying here. Mm. Number two, last year he bought in as a shareholder in the business. <laughs> Much like perhaps you should be a shareholder in your son's happiness. <laughs> number three, Jackson just can't uproot. He, he can't leave the business. Mm. Of course not. Number four, to make a relationship work, something will have to go. I just hope it's not the business. <laughs> he is a serious man. Number five, he's got the garlic name. He's got the onion breath. <laughs> he practically bleeds Greyvox. <laughs> and then this one is a legitimate real one that he says as they're toasting to a beautiful date. He says, cheers, and whatever will be, will be. <laughs> Can you believe this man? I mean, this gets at something quite serious, I think, which is balancing work and relationships, <laughs> which I feel yeah. like is an expectation that is placed upon every woman who goes through this show. Totally. And is like a really serious concern. It's like, oh, well, you, if you have this job that's in this city or like if you're so committed to doing this thing, you'll never have time for a man. Right, exactly. When Maddie's like, fact, well, you'll have to give up your career to um, start a family with me in three to five years. Right. When in actual fact, it is easy as pie. <laughs> Good. Uh-huh. So he chastises Angie for having a TV career because there's clearly no stability or money that comes with being a big famous celeb. Right, of course. Uh, and I also just wanted to say, like, that's the way that that job works, right? You sign contracts that are run of show. Right. And you then don't you have find a, a different show to go to. Yeah. That's that industry. And do you know, Xavier? What Sean Garlic did before he started Garlo's Pies in the year 2000? I'd be thrilled to hear it. What? He played fucking footy. Yeah, of course. Which, uh, as we all know, is a regular year-round job, right? There's not, like, a peak season for that or anything? No, no, no. There's not, like, all of your money coming throughout a few months of the year, and then the rest of it, you're kind of just living off that? So he talks up how focused Jackson is and how committed to the business that he is. And the main question I had is, like, if Jackson is so busy and focused, what is he doing out here applying for The Bachelorette twice? Right. (laughs) That's a really good point. Jacko, uh, like, does end up having some of his own struggles after all of this, though. Um, He has a hard time opening up to Angie and expressing his feelings. And ostensibly, this is the reason that he's sent home at the end of the episode. Mm. He says he's really having a hard time saying it in his own words. And they kind of leave it on that note. So mm-hmm. what I've done is just I've prepared a couple of cue card examples that you might like to try next time, okay? Okay, great, yeah. We go together like pepper and steak. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We go together like curried mushroom and chicken tandoori. <laughs> You're the mushy peas to my mashed potato. Oh, that's you know, so there are options. There are so many options for a pie guy such as Jay Garlic. Right. It is a shame that Because he does go home and he does have to eat humble pie. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing is, he's trying to be in a relationship. He's trying to have this big work empire thing or whatever. He's got his finger in too many pies. Uh, Good. Okay. Um, Now we move on to Carlin's date. And the thing about Carlin's date is that I haven't made any notes about it. Okay. Well, let me tell you what happens. First of all... (laughs) And I'm surprised you managed to put down your pen and paper at this point because something riveting happens. He takes her to the gym. Oh, wasn't this fucked? <laughs> Fuck off. This is Carlin. Angie is like, going to the gym is Carlin's idea of fun. Yeah. 
if I were to do that voiceover, it would sound like going to the gym is Colin's idea of fun. Yeah. Or um, the reason why I didn't give Colin the rose is because <laughs> <laughs> if there was a way to try and make yourself more interesting, mm. it, oh boy, this is not it. Yeah. It's he- not a personality trait. Good for you. I'm glad that you exercise. I'm so glad that you go to the gym. It's clearly paying off. He looks incredible. He looks amazing. He has these arms that look like a lot of arms is happening there. Right? There's there's so much good stuff that is like he is reaping the rewards of his efforts. Yesterday I went to the gym, Zave. It was fine. I didn't like it. Right. Yesterday I stayed at home and watched four movies. Which four? Um, I watched the Japanese version of The Ring, the original one called Ringu. It's very good. Uh, then I watched Scream 3. It's one of the worst Scream movies. Um, then I watched Rats in the Ranks, which is a documentary about Leichhardt Council's uh, election in the uh, mid-90s. It's very good. I like uh, that movie a lot. It takes place largely at Bar Italia or the Leichhardt Park Aquatic Center. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched The Slumber Party Massacre, um, which is a bit of gory fun. So, you know... All I of did- these things make you an interesting person, <laughs> is what I'm saying to you. There, I have a lot of questions about those movies. Okay, maybe not Scream 3. That movie kind of sucked. That's fine. It's good that you have an opinion about it. True. And well, when- What opinion do you have about going to the gym? Uh, personally, um, I love it. And it's... <laughs> No, I don't know. I don't have much. What? It's, it's so it's just one of those things. It's a where great from thing the outside, that works for a lot of people. It so gives a, a lot of happiness, very fulfillment, and it makes them look wonderful. Yep. And it's like, it's fine. Go and do it. Just fucking have some interests as well. Have right. something that you can describe to me that's not, I lift heavy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's reductive, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I will say he then becomes quite interested in talking about an interesting thing about himself, which I think is almost even worse because it truly comes out of nowhere. He goes, I can't remember if I ever told you I was like bullied and stuff in like primary school and high school. Um, I am very transparently getting vulnerable, completely unprovoked so that my quote story will seem interesting. (laughs) This makes me more marketable both to you, um, for the show and also to brands and sponsors who might be interested in working with me after I leave the show. So he says all this stuff. It's kind of out of the blue. It's quite self-aware, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, really strange. I feel like the, there's a, there's a point in this show where it is natural to come out about a story about something important to you. Like. Um, I'm thinking about like Dasha from Russia, yep. um, who had this very emotional, like something I still remember about her, which was very emotional tale about her early life mm. and about how she has sort of triumphed and overcome that part or whatever. Yeah. And I feel like in this situation, Carlin, like maybe he did go through this stuff and maybe it was horrible, but it's completely out of nowhere. It has nothing to do with anything else. Mm. And it like, I just don't get anything from it. Like, so firstly he's acting. Right. Yeah. Right. And that becomes important. <laughs> That's a great point. And the other thing is that, like, you can't have a second bite at the vulnerability apple. Mm. You know, like, he had this and it was authentic and it was cool when he talked about his wife and everything, all of his hardship. Yeah. You can't double down and be like, hey, by the way, bonus hardships. Yeah. I don't think I ever mentioned this. It's such a weird way to begin that. <sighs> What was the point in this? I don't... I Where don't did know. it get to? I just, like, all of these things don't really feel like... Um, it all feels superimposed mm. and put on mm. and made. That's the point. Well, yeah. So then what happens on the family group date is his brother, for some reason, completely sells him out. Yeah. For being interested in pursuing acting. Um, Angie asks, like, 
do you think that was a focus for him do you think like that's a reason why he would have gone onto the show for the first place or whatever. He goes like, well, look, honestly, like at the start, maybe. Yeah. And she's yeah. like, excuse me. He was not- like, that was the focus before this. Right. And she's shocked because she's like, why would you say that? Right. Right. Like, what kind of information is that? And like, so here's my thing with this. Where is the onus here? Like, it, the onus is probably on Carlin to have disclosed to Angie this information earlier. Mm. Mm. Right. I am someone who is looking to pursue a career in film and television. Because mm. as we've talked about before, completely not a big deal. No. And in fact, almost an expectation for a lot of the people who go onto this show. Right. Our favorite um, target, Reese, uh, from a few years ago, Reese oh, Chilton. Chilton. Yeah. Jesus. Who said explicitly that. And I'm, he was like, I'm not here for you, Georgia Love. I'm just here to be famous and on TV. Right. Right. Nothing wrong with it. It's not the reason why I dislike Reese Chilton. I'll tell you that much. Yep. Uh, this is the thing. Like, so... It, the onus is on uh, Carlin, is his name, to <laughs> disclose that information. Do you think that it occurred to Angie to ask him? Um, no, but I, I mean, only in the sense that, like, she probably could have asked every single one of them. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if she got a bit of a yes from a lot of them. Right. Like, he has done modeling work. He pops up in catalogs and stuff like that. He's done some film and TV stuff. Mm. It's, and, you know, he tries to explain himself later and, and essentially says, like, it's not a really important part of his life. And he's kind of thrown away the dream that it will become his, like, full-time career at this point, which is not an apology. No. <laughs> um, and essentially just an admission that he's not particularly good at it. Right. And he gets grilled at the end. Like, their talk outside is super intense. Yeah. And, like, it's, like, in soft darkness the lighting is incredible yeah yeah that that was that was the real like standout for me in in just watching and it really like bolstered the intensity of what we watched i think it was a very elevated level of emotion at that point yeah um and you know she comes to him with like you know your brother has told me that this was a focus for you like what do you have to say and he kind of throws it back in her face and he says like well, you, I could say the same thing to you. You've been on a couple of TV shows. Like, this is your third TV show. Like, maybe you're not here to find love, which on some level is kind of quite perceptive. Yeah. Although, really not the right opportunity Just for him to come out with time that one. To, yeah, yeah. Not a great look for Choose Carl. your moment, dude. You right. know? Like, and I, like, I very much understand it, but there is no point and there is no way that you come out of it looking good in making yourself the victim in this situation. This is not the opportunity for him to push back. Right. I was bullied. (laughs) You know? I told you earlier today that I was bullied. I've had enough go wrong for me. (laughs) And another thing. (laughs) (laughs) She was my sister before I knew we were married. (laughs) I lost a lot of money at the racetrack last week. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm pregnant. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of where we leave it with Colin. There's not really a satisfying, like, you know, they don't really resolve it. Yeah. She is upset. She gets teary. We leave on a bit of a cliffhanger, I suppose. I don't really remember the rest of the state. Uh, look, that's it. She walks away. 
then it's time for the rose ceremony. Right. And then, I mean, you know, this Carlin thing seems like a red flag. Yeah. This Ryan business, bit of a red flag. Yep. Um, the, oh, Tim, I mean, he's a walking red flag. <laughs> um, but it's time for Jackson to go home. Yeah. Look. Because I guess maybe he's got this overprotective dad who says that he's not allowed to have any time off. <laughs> Daddy says that I can't see you anymore. Daddy says... It's a family business and we don't take time off. It's not a good look and it sends the wrong signal, <laughs> which is fucked up beyond belief. People in any business have rights and they have entitlements to leave. They have entitlements to paid leave, particularly if they're in full-time work. Uh, he should be holding his family to task for that. <laughs> um, I did promise someone I would be quoting Karl Marx on the podcast this week. <laughs> I neglected to do my readings. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it's, yeah, it's a particularly messed up thing to say. Um, but well, Karl Marx a great point. <laughs> Karl Marx a great pie as well. Mm. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it it just lends credence to the fact that maybe the dad. I want I want to believe in my heart of hearts that the dad is not this much of a taskmaster. And in actual fact, what he is doing is torpedoing his son's chances so that he will come back and work on the pie farm, and so that. All of the good pie business has been done and people will think, hmm, Galo's pies, that's the batchy pie, correct? Next time they're in the supermarket <laughs> and they won't really think too long and hard about, because like Jackson has come off really well. He's come off great. Like, He's a great kid. I don't even feel like it is his fault what's happening on this group date. Right. It feels like his this family- This is not his fault. He tried. He tried so hard. He brought her to the pie shop. He made her a pie she likes. Right. He was kind. All he said was that dad don't want no freeloader. But that's the thing is like his family would have known that he was applying for this thing. Yeah. There's been plenty of pie stuff happening up until this point, which I'm sure they've been reaping the rewards of. Yeah. These things are not conspiracy. These are facts. Mm. And then the family also agreed to take Angie into the thing, like have the group date with her at the pie factory. Mm. And then at the very end of it, that's the point where they're like, okay, now we've got to shut this thing down. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Xavier, if you ain't no pie and collar, we want prenup. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we want prenup, yeah. Yeah. All right. Something that you need to have because if she leaves... <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of another episode recap. Oh, I just... Oh, I have another What have you paragraph. got? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Jackson goes home. He says, I had a blast. I really did have a blast. All right. See you later. Angie is very emotional. She's like shedding some tears. Jackson seems like he's going to be all right. Yeah. Um, he says, growing up in a football family full of boys, you're not really one to always talk about your feelings. I could have told her I liked her a lot earlier in the piece, but I just didn't. Which is like, that's not quite exactly what the issue is. Well, yes, it's not exactly what the issue is, but it's what probably has been expressed to him as the issue. And I also feel like if he could have, and I, I don't want to put the blame too much on him, but if he could have made it feel like their love could piumph over... <laughs> Uh, could like, you know, was more important to him than, you know, the approval of his family or the business or whatever, or even yeah. like compatible with a working relationship, you know, yeah. um, then perhaps she would have felt like it was worth keeping him around to fight through that and, you know, have another t chance to talk with the family and work something out and yeah. explain to them that like, um, a standard working week is like 38 hours and then <laughs> there are weekends and there's after work and there are public holidays and like. You know, there's plenty of opportunity for people to make it work in that environment. Empowerment. Ah. Uh, uh, but, yeah. And it's good pie to Jackson. It is good pie. It's good pie to Jackson. 
the party yeah. party has ended. Uh, and he's got a sausage roll. Uh, well, he had a good run on the show. Sure. Yes. I like Jackson. I think that everything that came out of it was really good. If Daddy will give him the time off, I would love to see him on Paradise. Sure. Yes. Um, but otherwise, uh, his time on Batchy is in the pasty. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the end. <laughs> Of another episode of the Bachelor of Hearts podcast. Xavi, tell them about the stuff. Well, okay, so next time we talk about The Bachelor, it will be over. I mean, sorry, about The Bachelor, it will be after the finale episode. Yes. Which is bonkers. I just wanted to take a moment to say that. It's yeah, really it is the done. finale next week. It has been another ripper season. I think so. Yeah. Um, we'll... I'd be dead rooted if we didn't do the bloody... Po- <laughs> yeah. I think it'll probably be a good one. Um, it might be a long one. They tend to be. Um, perhaps we'll be really drunk. It sometimes happens. One can only hope. Yeah. All right. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast <laughs> this week. Good. Um, as you might know, we actually did come here to make friends. Uh, it's something we've been doing quite a bit lately, um, and I think it's actually really paying off. Um, my, my crops are um, producing a good harvest. Um, my hair is silky and smooth. Uh, whatever people say about these things. If you would like to become friends with us and have smilky smooth as well, why don't you come on by the old pie farm that we call Bachelor of Hearts Osh Posting, which is our new Facebook group where you can uh, work as many or as few hours as you like. Um, <laughs> You know, it's good, good benefits, good holiday pay. Um, if you like to be paid in um, memes and posts and stuff. Mm. Good super? Oh, super, super. Yeah. Um, and also we're on social media elsewhere, uh, Instagram and Twitter, BOHPod. BOHPie? B- <laughs> we could change it. Mm. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, uh, hit us up. Let's be friends. I love you. I hope you're looking after yourself. Um, there are vegetarian options, so you don't have to Listeners, have meat. Listeners, we love pie, you. Goodbye. But they are quite high in cholesterol, so bye. to my ears from the first moment you entered my life